All right, guys, new episode, Sprint Ride Option Podcast. I'm Andrew Pasquini, Jason Aponte here, and we have a, a return guest for the first time. I believe he was our first guest we had on the podcast. Uh, Akash uh, Anavarathan, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Appreciate you for, for having me. It's a big honor that I'm your, you were, I was your first guest and now I'm a returning guest. I must have done Stop well. it. Stop it, Akash. We're honored. You know, like when, when we told, when I told Andrew, I'm like, Akash is joining. He's like, I'm so happy. He's like, I, he's like, I'm so happy. I, 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 I listen, you, you, I, I, I said it last time. You have been one of my favorite follows on 49ers Twitter. Uh, you're part of Niners Nation. Um, and, and honestly, it's, it's been wild to me just this season going, seeing all these people I've followed on Twitter for a long time and now seeing that they're actually like, re- obviously you guys have been real people the whole time, but like seeing you guys are real people now. So it's, it's been a wild season for me personally. And, uh, to, to finally meet you twice now is it makes, it, it makes me happy. That's all. <laughs> it's cool to see your guys' growth as well from your podcast and then, uh, to join out with Blue Wire, and now it's turned into something bigger with 49ers GM. So uh, it's been cool as well. Come on, man. This is awesome just to, you know what I'm saying, like rub elbows. Like I said, so it's funny how you bring that up, right? And, you know, you know, we're big KP fans over here on this side, right? So I think that this week was a huge throw for me being in Mobile. But, no, there was no bigger throw when I looked at my phone and I saw that KP actually followed me from his account. And I was like <laughs> – that gave me some sort of like self validity. I was like, okay, now you really can't mess up when you start talking football because KP's got eyes on you, man. He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, you don't want to make sure to, to embarrass yourself. But that was a huge throw, man. Yeah, KP's a good dude. Uh, obviously, I do, I do the podcast with him. He's good people. Uh, so yeah, he, he won't call you out. He, he respects you if you reach tweets you on Niners Nation for sure that's a great <laughs> thrill to say that 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 you see Akash man you came on here man you buttering us up bro like honestly man you're saying like all the right things at this point I'm used all to right. I'm just kidding. all right so so we're, we're gonna dive into some 49er talk you know there, there's things still going on uh we'll mm-hmm. probably get into a touch of Super Bowl I know we like to try and keep, stay 49er centric but sometimes there's games that are a little more important than just the 49ers Akash I did want to start first question um I don't think the quarterback position gets talked about enough uh, on the streets of 49er Twitter. And I'm going to put a little, I'm going to put a little spin on it though, because this is something that I do think needs to be talked about and nobody's really talked about it. Whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo or insert fancy name that the Niners may or may not get. I'm curious about the backup position actually, because it's something that popped into my head. Uh, the Niners, since Kyle Shanahan's taken over, they've just kind of taken chances on, you know, Shanahan drafted or Mullins was undrafted. Do you see them addressing the backup position? I know it's weird we're starting with the backup spot, but do you see them addressing the backup via a proven guy? Like maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick might be a little big of a name, but a guy who has been proven in the NFL, do you think they're going to go with, a, you know, a drafted guy, undrafted guy, or do you think they bring back one of the Bethard-Mullin combo? Yeah. Um, so I do really think that they like Josh Rosen. Um, there was a reason that they brought him in last season. Uh, obviously a former first round pick and was highly valued. I just think he's never really gotten a fair shake in the NFL and his first year with Arizona. I know they were one of the worst offensive lines, didn't necessarily have an offensive coach. Then he gets shipped off to Miami and he just had this weird situation. So I think he's going to really have the chance to be able to prove himself as sort of the number two quarterback. Um, but I think it all comes back to the starting quarterback and how they decide to go about that position. Uh, do they try to go the bridge quarterback route uh, with a high draft pick 
And in that situation, maybe the bridge quarterback becomes your backup quarterback as the season progresses. Um, or do they just roll it back with, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe a later round draft pick who then becomes your backup. So there's multiple different options, but I, I would say that Josh Rosen is probably the leading candidate uh, to take that number two spot. Yeah, I don't really have too much more to add there, honestly. I, I thought that that's the reason that they brought Rosen, right? It's like, you know, to see this. And, and when you get no glimpses of him, you know, how could you evaluate him, right? And and again, you know, when you had that sort of pedigree, it screams, you know, backup quarterback that can be relied on. So, yeah, I mean, I, it and, and it's funny because the Mullins injury is now not as severe as we first believed, right? So he's on track to come back, you know, if that's possible. And And, and if the quarterback room is whoever it is, let's just say Jimmy, Rosen, and Mullins, I'm okay with that. It's a, it doesn't seem that bad, you know, like I, as far as like a backup situation, if, you know, if Rosen outplays Mullins and seems a little bit more steady than he was this year, then, then yeah, you're good, man, honestly, at this point, because, you know, remember, this is all we discussed all year. The 49ers really just needed about a 10 to 15% increase in quarterback play, and they would have won how many more games, you know, and, and that, and that essentially just means not having four turnovers, just cut it down to two. You know, like don't don't throw four picks, just throw two. You know, um. So I mean, and that's really what it boils down to. So yeah, I mean, that's a good discussion because everybody's worried about the starting situation. But I think last year proves that you need a full full room. Um, you know, at this level because you can kick away games if you if you're not putting in the right person. Yeah, the the answer I was looking for, Akash, was Jameis Winston. I think you knew that. Yeah, you <laughs> so he tried to lead it to go us. that route, but that's okay. No, I, I've 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 obviously joking. Uh, I guess to bring it to the main point, the starting quarterback position. Uh, it, it's the pre or the uh, off season hasn't started yet, and it's looking more and more likely that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the week one starter. Um, how close of a a hundred percent chance are we at that at this point? I, you know, the Super Bowl hasn't happened. Niners lose out on Matthew Stafford, or the Rams get Matthew Stafford. Def- depends how you want to look at it. Uh, do do you believe that Garoppolo is the Week One starter at this point on February third, or is there a chance that there could be shenanigans in play? Um, it's it's a magic question. It changes every month, right? But if you ask me right now, gun to my head, I would probably say Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter week one. And we did these predictions on our podcast last week. And I was, I think, one of two people that said it was going to be Jimmy Garoppolo and like a high-end rookie quarterback going into next season. Just because, you know, you look at the different options, right? And you looked at Matt, you look at Matt Stafford, for instance. There were there was a ton of competition uh, for Stafford. You know, the Panthers were going to offer, a, you know, a top eight pick. Um, I think the Colts are in the mix. Washington was in the mix and the Niners were never going to be that competitive of an offer. And obviously the Rams came in way over the top. And then you look at someone like Deshaun Watson. I don't think the 49ers, even if they put their best offer forward, could compete with someone like the Jets or like Miami. And I think organizationally, if you look at their philosophy, it's never to get in bidding wars. They're, they always like to do these deals that are like value deals or where they feel like they're paying 75 cents on the dollar. So if you look at all the available quarterbacks, I don't think they're going to land one of them. And then the other quarterbacks that are constantly talked about, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, whatever. I don't think they're on the market. I don't think, I don't think they're going to get moved. So the only realistic option in my head that I keep coming back to is Sam Darnold. And I think the 49ers would like that, like him. I think Kyle Shanahan views him as, you know, kind of untapped potential, 23-year-old. He's just been in crappy culture, whatever. He's the only person that I could see – replacing Garoppolo otherwise I think it's Garoppolo week one and there's some rookie behind him who eventually uh, will take hopefully take his spot but that's kind of how I see it playing out 
definitely in the safe bet at this point. I would say it's like a 97% chance just for the reasons that you outlined. Like, it's like, where, what are the options at this point? Like, it, it, it felt like, it felt like, you know, the Watson one was a bit of, uh, you know, like the chase the dream, but the Stafford one felt so realistic just based on all the, all the fits as far as age, you know, contract, all those things, man. So once that goes out the door, then you're talking about drastic measures. Like, does this team do something crazy? Like, find no sort of partner for Jimmy, cut him and sign a Fitzpatrick or something like that and run with him and maybe drive somebody, you know, like those are all options, but they're not likely like at all, you know? And, and again, you know, there, there is a world where if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, um, this team can play near the 2019 level. The only reason that I feel like that they can't is just so many things went right. You know, it's just so hard to do that. You can't account for that again. And that's really what made 2019 feel like the year that you had to win it because it never lines up better than it did that year. And that's no knock at Garoppolo. I'm not trying to say that Garoppolo can't, you know, come to come to uh, the production that he had in 2019. I'm just saying that a lot of those games broke the right way that they did. A lot of things broke their way. And that's that has to do and, – and, and people discount that when it comes to Super Bowl runs. People don't act like things have to go your way. Things have to fall your way. And it just, and, and, and that's the part that, that has me worried about that. So I think that as far as we've seen in offensive, um, production from him, I think we've probably seen the ceiling, but that still doesn't mean that that ceiling, you know, even if it's a bit diminished, isn't a power, isn't a playoff team. And that's, that's really what I wanted, you know, to tell people is that there's still, you know, this, this roster is still stacked. Um, you know, and if Jimmy Garoppolo can play 16 games and play consistently, that's a chance to win 10 games at least, I think in my book. And and here's where I get com- here's where it gets complicated with his contract, right? And so he's due, I think, like twenty six point eight million dollars yeah. or whatever it is is his cap hit. That's a lot of money, especially if you consider him as like a bridge quarterback. You're gonna have this high end rookie. So ideally, you'd like to restructure that. You'd like to lower that cap hit in 2021. You'd like to go spend money in free agency, but free agency comes before the draft. So right. there's this there's this deadline on, okay, if I restructure Garoppolo's contract in like March before free agency, I basically say that, okay, he's going to be on my team for the next two years, but I can go spend and build a team around him. Or I don't restructure his contract, keep the cap hit high. And then I hope that when you get to the draft, you can maybe flip him for someone else that's available. And, and there's this kind of deadline that's hanging over the 49ers um, up until free agency, which is in about a month or so. So it, it, that's the thing to pay attention for. If they restructure his contract, he's staying. If they continue to not, then they're, I think they're going to be able to, they're going to try to move him at some, at some point. Uh, last quarterback question. And th- this is just more of a poke fun at Twitter thing. What has been your favorite name you've seen floated at 49ers quarterback? Not necessarily in terms of fit, because obviously I think everybody's favorite name would be Deshaun Watson in terms of just like, wow, that's a really random one. Because like I tweeted today, the Kirk Cousins thing, Kirk Cousins of the 49ers is the new Sean Payton to the Cowboys sort of rumor. Uh, it just seems to come up. What has been the, like the most out of left field name you've seen floated this off season? And wh- like, why do you find it interesting or funny or whatever you find it? I saw a Jeff Bezos uh, 40. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, you know, I live in Seattle. Like, every other person here works for Amazon. So the Jeff Bezos thing was a, was big news yesterday. And so uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, of course. Right. And so I ended up making a joke about it. That was like the <laughs> off the cuff funny thing. Um, but like a realistic quarterback, it might be you with Jameis Winston, because I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> he's so happy. Yes. I do. I think it's going to happen. Like no chance. No, it's not. Um, 
But that's probably the most, you know, off the cuff. Obviously, the, the common ones are Kirk Cousins and mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. both of which I think are upgrades to what they currently have. Um, you know, in terms of just player, if you were just to go player for player swap yeah. upgrades, obviously the cost it would take to acquire them is what changes the equation. But, um, yeah, Bezos was probably the most, like, off the cuff thing I saw yesterday. And I was like, oh. yeah. I think Drea Blackwell tweeted about Bezos too. Yeah, and like, yeah. I jokingly said, we need a Jersey swap. And I think Kyle Berkowitz, uh, he ca- he yeah. came in real quick with a Jeff Bezos, uh, in uh, a Niner he's jersey. He's too quick. He's too like, quick. almost too quick. Like he may have had it ready to go for some, whatever reason. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw Teddy Bridgewater floated from not a Dan super- Filio. Yeah, oh my a, goodness! I What's mean, he I'll, I'll let you field? say the name and won't continue what I was going to say. But yeah, I saw Teddy Bridgewater thrown out there. That was one of the more intriguing ones I've seen. Um, I, I've, I've I've given. I, I'm going to continue my Jameis Winston thing, but as long as the Saints are interested in him, I don't think he's leaving because that's a pretty much a guaranteed starting spot for him at this point. Um, but yeah, there's there's been a lot of fun names out there. I just wanted to see if Jason, do you do you have one that that hasn't been mentioned? Nah, I mean, you know, I, I try to throw my McKinnon joke out there and everything, but he dissed us and he doesn't want to be quarterback for us anymore. So I think that's it, you know. <laughs> um, no, you know, the one that, the one that I keep coming around to more and more, right? In the beginning, I didn't understand is the Fitzpatrick one. And, and this is what I'm going to say about it. He'll cost you nothing. You can bring back Trent immediately. You know, like, like immediately you can go and you, you free up all this money. Right. If you make this move, you know, so, I mean, people aren't going to like that because Brian, Brian Patrick, you know, never been to a Super Bowl, has a reputation of just like a stats guy who's a loser and things like that. But in terms of money, when you're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick getting there for, let's say, eight million dollars. Now this opens up all this money to bring back, you know, um, Trent, Verrett, you know, a lot of other guys. So in a cost efficient way and still a team that I think would compete you know, for just as many games with Fitzpatrick because he played very well last year. Remember, he didn't lose his job last year because he didn't play well. He lost his job because Brian Flores wanted to go to tour. There was never a game where you were like, oh, look, Fitz is done, you know, and he looked great last year that he can still throw the ball down the field. He's a wily veteran. Put him with a play caller where the guys are wide open as much as they are in the, on this team. And I, I think that's a fit, you know, like, and that's not even me trying to be funny. It's probably not going to happen, but in a world where you can save some money and still be somewhere near the quarterback production, I don't see like how you can't think that through at least. Here's where I think the Fitzpatrick thing will like derail Shanahan is the interceptions. And the one mm-hmm. thing we saw with Nick Mullins and Besser and Garoppolo is those underneath the interceptions absolutely kill Kyle Shanahan. You'll see him on the sideline throwing temper tantrums. And that's exactly what Fitzpatrick does. He had less of it this season, but he has enough and they come in bunches where I think Kyle Shanahan will turn away from that a little bit. But I do get the idea that, yes, there are bridge quarterbacks that can give you Garoppolo's production or like 75% at like 25% the cost. And he's durable. He is. That is true. But you're right about that because it's true. The you know I saw an underneath. It's so crazy that I think the same way. I saw an underneath linebacker make an interception in the Senior Bowl, and I was like, Kyle would have been furious at that. <laughs> like that's literally what I thought. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll we'll jump off the quarterback position uh, for now because it gets plenty of talk. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like with all the trade talks and everybody excited for the draft, kind of mentioned it. People forget about free agency. Um, I'm not really looking for a position or anything like that. What's a name that, that could be available come, what is it, March 13th, whenever free agency starts? 
uh, that you would be personally intrigued by the 49ers taking a shot on? Yeah, so you brought up a good point. I typically don't really dig into the draft until post-free agency because until then you don't really know what the Niners' needs are, right? Like a lot of people will throw out corners or edge guys or interior offensive line, but maybe the Niners address those needs in free agency and all of a sudden they don't necessarily need to draft that. So typically wait. But we went through this We went through this yesterday, and there are a couple guys that I would love for the 49ers to go after. First, at edge. I think D Ford has done – I've heard some things that he's likely not coming back. Um, it's now a matter of, okay, is he going to be cut or is he going to retire and you save some guaranteed money? Um, but I think he's done. So you you need someone opposite Nick Bosa. Leonard Floyd from the Rams really, really stands out. You know, he's a former first-round pick with the Chicago Bears. He was with the Rams this past season. I think he had like 13 sacks. The things that they ask him to do on defense – his athleticism opposite of Nick Bosa would be phenomenal, I think. I just don't know what he's going to cost. He's probably going to cost too much for the Niners. But, again, there's a lot of moving pieces. So, Leonard Floyd, I'd really like. The other thing at center, Weston Richburg, same thing. I, I, I'm hearing that he's, he's probably done as well. Uh, Corey Lindsley would be the name to target. All pro center with Matt LaFleur and the Packers this past season. Scheme fit, runs basically the same thing. Uh, I think he's like 29 or 30, so he'd be a plug-and-play player. Kyle Shanahan has highly valued centers before rather than guards. Typically that's the position he likes to stake down just because they're responsible for like the calls and um, audibles and things like that at the line of scrimmage. So Lindsley and Floyd would be my two kind of just pipe dreams. Right. And, and, and I want to stick with, uh, with the edge actually too, because there's a name that I think that people are just discarding because of his age. And, and I'm not the first person to come up with this. So, it, but I think it's Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, he had been floated around the time of the trade deadline, you know, being as somebody that if the 49ers were players that they would bring in, right? Well, now you don't have to do all that, right? And you saw how well he played when you're surrounded by, cause that, that Washington defensive line is ferocious. Now you're talking about putting him in a similar position. Wally veteran gets a chance to, to, you know, go to the playoffs and, and chase what, you know, a lot of people believe to be a Super Bowl filled roster. And um, I, I just think that that one would be something that's cheap. A guy who understands that he's probably going to take less money for, for, for the idea of chasing a ring. So I like that fit honestly there too, as well, because I think what you said is true. Leonard Floyd is incredible and I would love that. It's just, again, how much money do they have where they can give and, you know, and they're going to have to do a lot of maneuvering because the Richburg contract, the Ford contract, even the Jimmy contract, all that stuff has to be worked out, man. It's a lot of money. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. There's a lot of money. A lot of money. I think those are three of the four highest paid guys. I think Armstead is the fourth. So two of those guys might not be on the team. And a third, he might have his contract restructured. So hopefully, you know, they can maneuver. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they're they're right up against the cap. Um, a position that I, I'm kind of curious, and it's not even a position. It's more of a depth thing. Uh, a third running back, and I know that sounds weird uh, talking about third running backs because it's not really a thing, but could you see the Niners bringing in a third guy just to take pressure off Mostert and Wilson because those are kind of the one-two guys? Um, you know, they, they do have injury history, so maybe get a third guy just to lessen the load. And a name I'm 100% looking at here, uh, Matt Breida. Uh, do, do you see the Niners, maybe not necessarily Breida, but bringing in a third running back, whether it is via free agency, whether it's free via – the draft just to get carries off of both uh, Wilson and Mostert just because they, they do have the injury issues. Uh, do, do you see that being something the Niners look for? Yeah, of course. Safe to say, Jarek McKinnon, sorry, Jason, is uh, oh. not coming back. 
Uh, Tevin Coleman also not coming back. Those two guys were just physically, you know, a shell of themselves and it's no fault of theirs. They just, they just didn't have the burst that, you know, Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson provided. Uh, I do think Jeff Wilson is going to out-snap Raheem Mostert this upcoming season, even if he's not the better running back. Yeah. I just think he's more durable. He just provides more in the pass game. Um, so that's a really, really good one-two punch. Now, to answer your question, as a third running back, you know, Kyle Shanahan typically likes to carry four outside of the fullback position. Mm-hmm. I would just go to the draft. I would sign undrafted free agents. Um, I know they were in on James Robinson last season, and I think they just got outbid by the Jaguars, who had a really, really good season. Um, obviously we'll have Jamichael Hasty coming back, who's got a little bit of juice. Um, and then they'll just add someone in the draft. Uh, the Brita thing is interesting because he has history with the Niners and uh, I think he fell off of a cliff this year with Miami, but I know he was in Shanahan's doghouse, uh, going into the Super Bowl, just given his fumbles. Uh, he was playing less as the season wore on. Um, so I'm not sure if they'll bring him back, uh, just given how things ended, but I, I would definitely look to the draft, uh, to add guys. I'm glad you brought up Hasty because I think people are forgetting about him too. And I think that he's, you know, I think that because undrafted, all that stuff, I think that they're going to, you know, bring him back as well too. You know, isn't it crazy that the the team lets um, Salvan Ahmed go and, and over in um, in Miami, he, he looked incredible at, at points, right? You know, um, so, it, it and, and I agree. I think uh, I think it's either going to be somebody who's a very low-cost guy, somebody who's going to come in and just be like, you know, hey, I'm here. Again, a lot of these additions based on the numbers right now are just going to have to be guys who are looking to chase a ring or or you know are, are willing to take less money to be part of something that they think is is leading towards that so yeah I think it's either going to be somebody late in the draft like somebody like Apuka or you know I wish man I'm, I mean you know after going to senior ball I would love to see Michael Carter in this offense oh my goodness gracious like I understand the Najee thing I understand all those other guys but Carter, like, we got a chance to talk with him and we talked with his family and we told him, I was like, man, get this man in the Shanahan system so we could see 1500 yards because he's incredible, man. But yeah, I, I think that I lean the same way. Uh, Akash, man, we got to stop agreeing, man. I'm just going to have to go against you now at this point just to like make yeah. this a little bit more interesting. We're going to change his name to the Agree Pod at, at, at some point. Great minds think alike, man. Yeah. That's, all right. There you go. Now I feel better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and actually you bring up something too I want to ask about. You said you think Jeff Wilson will be running back one. Is that because you personally, and I, I, I agree too, I, I think Jeff Wilson's the guy. Is it because he's a guy that you can give the ball and pretty much know that he's going to get four or five yards every carry where most are more of that big play guy? Is, is that is that what you think the difference between the two is? Uh, part of it's just, I think, durability. Uh, Raheem Moster, when he's expected to have lead back carries, has just proven to not have that, you know, um, physical ability to do so. He's better in more of a, you know, uh, change of pace back type role. And that's not to take away from his ability. I just think yes. it's been his injury history in his career. Uh, whereas Jeff Wilson, I think, would be able to handle that workload um, and – Actually, surprisingly, he had a higher success rate than Raheem Mostert did last season. He also had a higher uh, explosive run rate than Raheem Mostert did last season. So um, I, I just thought he played phenomenal, and he gives more in the pass game. I think he's just more of a natural route runner. So just given that, I think he's going to outsnap Mostert. I mean, truly, there's no RB1, RB2 in Shanahan's offense. It's, it's kind of the hot hand and um, what's expected in a given game. But I just think if you look at the course of the season, Wilson's going to outsnap uh, Mostert. Um, and then, and then something I said back in November, God, see, <laughs> see, see, see what you think. Um, behind Derrick Henry, 
Is there a running back? And I got to figure out the best way to word this because I always forget how I word it. Is there a running back that you would least like to tackle? You would least like to tackle than Jeff Wilson, other than Derrick Henry, because Jeff Wilson he runs so physically for how he's not a big guy necessarily, but he'll run through people. Is is there a guy other than Derrick Henry that you can think of that you wouldn't like to tackle? Well, so me, I couldn't tackle a soul. And, okay, let, let's put Akash in a NFL linebacker size I'm body. Then. Two, like 165. I'm like the skinny guy. Like I would not stand a chance against Akash. Akash. We are one, man, when it comes to that, bro. That's how I feel too, yeah. man. Uh, you know, Robbie Gold could be running at me. and I probably <laughs> That being said, if I was an NFL linebacker, Derrick Henry scare, would scare the crap out of me because that dude is like bigger than a lot of the linebackers. Um, now AJ Dillon with the Packers kind of has the same okay. mold. He's also like just his quads are massive. He's just like well built. Um, physically those guys would scare me. I think, you know, someone like Alvin Kamara could juke me out of my shoes. Okay. That would worry me. Like I'd be on, you know, come on. Zeke man. runs hard when he wants to run hard. He can run right through you. I wouldn't want to pick, I wouldn't want to try to get in that little man's way. That's fair. Like 2015 Zeke, like the guy that was at Ohio State against like yeah. Alabama, like I would not want to be in the foxhole, like having to bring him down one on one. No. So yeah, there, there's a good amount of guys, but um, Jeff Your point still stands, Andrew. Like it's true, man. Like you dark place. I don't want to tackle anybody that goes to a dark place. <laughs> no, Jeff Wilson does run like a madman. I mean, you yeah. go back and you watch like the Patriots film, and it's insane. The way he like just lowers his shoulder and just runs over people, that in the Cardinals game at the end of the season, oh my god. It is if you're a running backs coach, Bobby Turner, that is just you throw that on and be safe. It's enjoyable, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know you talked about how you don't really focus on draft until post free agency. So so maybe this question won't work as well as I intended when I thought of it. Uh, people talk a lot about cornerback. People talk a lot about edge. Is there a player that doesn't fit in those positions that you could see the Niners maybe piquing their interest a bit and saying, you know, outside of the box, Niners go with him at 12. Is, is there any guys as of February 3rd, you're not 100% versed in the draft yet, but might as well ask it still. Is there anybody who stands out not in what a positional need you would think that the Niners could take at 12? Yeah. So the one that really, really intrigues me, and I think I think it was Daniel Jeremiah that kind of got me thinking about this, was Kyle Pitts. And <laughs> I, know you're Florida State guy. I know you're a Florida State guy, but holy. I mean, think about an offense that has George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. And so, you know, the Niners would go two tight end. They'd probably play a lot of 12 personnel. Defenses would have to match up and face. So they'd go, you know, three linebackers. Now you would just go wide and you have George Kittle and Kyle Pitts run by linebackers. If they go nickel, you just go, you know, you line them up tight and you just run the ball. I mean, that would be a matchup nightmare. It's a total luxury just because it's, you know, it's not necessarily a need. But if they could get that get that group to work, ooh, that would be special. Uh, Andrew, follow, tell them the name. Follow-up question then. Would you buy a shirt that says Kits and Pits? I saw this. I would buy a shirt. I would. 
You know, it's so funny that like, you know, that's what it's come to anytime Jameis pops up, anything like that. So somebody, somebody floated the idea in a mock of, and, and I think you posted it and I go right under it and I tag him and I'm like, Andrew, like, like in big letters, like, you know, this is it right here. But yeah, I'm in agreement with you, man. Like imagine being able to line that up on offense. You would have to be really set at other places to use a 12 on a tight end like that. But it is not without hyperbole that Kyle Pitts might be the best tight end prospect in the history of this draft, man. Like you could definitely say that. He feels and like route- a high-floor prospect. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? And then, you know, all those things. You know, you can't play base. You can't play nickel. It's just like now there's matchup nightmares everywhere. So, you know, I wish everybody was hitting on all cylinders everywhere else. So that could be a luxury pick at 12. But, unfortunately, like you said, bigger needs. And, yeah, man. But living in Madden world, good God, man. And Andrew definitely wants to make the merch happen. So if it happens for that reason, then, you know what? We're with it, man. I'm like that. I like that. Well, yeah, obviously outside of the dumb nickname that I've given it, um, I, I do think Pitts is just such an intriguing option just to have that two tight end set. I, and, and it seems that Shanahan does want to have a second tight end, um, who, who has ability. You know, Jordan Reed is obviously the name, uh, Levine Toilolo, uh, he, you know, not necessarily the best receiving tight end, but he does like having a second tight end that, that, you know, it is known, and and I feel like Kyle Pitts is a very intriguing option at twelve, and and I don't want to necessarily throw that one away because as the point you made, if they do address cornerback in free agency, if they do address edge in free agency, yeah. maybe twelve is a little bit of a luxury pick for this team uh, if they don't decide to trade up for a quarterback. So yeah, Pitts is is a name that that I have circle, maybe not in sharpie yet, but you know, I, I have a pencil circle around him because if they do address other positions. It makes sense. Uh, going back into free agency, the cornerback position, uh, the, the big three, I, you know, it, was, it didn't feel like the big three at the halfway point of the season, but the big three of Verrett, uh, Kwan Williams and Akello Witherspoon. How many of our, what number of those three do you see the Niners bringing back? Is it, is it 0 for three? Is it one, you know, who, who do you see the Niners bringing back out of that three? Uh, I'm going to go one for three. So I think, K1, KK Williams, I think he's gone. I think Richard Sherman basically said, yeah, he's not coming. You know, he's going to the Jets. He's Jets make the, too much sense, yeah. He's from the New Jersey area, and Sherman's not tweeting that without inside information about K1. He's just not speculating. He's not, he's not like us, right? So um, I think K1 Williams is gone, which is going to be a big blow because he's one of the best slot corners in the league. I think Akella Witherspoon's gone as well. I think another team is going to be able to convince him that, hey, you will be our starter if you're able to sign on with us. Whereas the Niners are probably going to be in the position where they're like, hey, you can compete for a starting job if you're able to come back with us on a bargain deal. And so I think Witherspoon is gone, which is unfortunate because he was playing really well down the stretch and he seemed like he had his confidence back. I think the 49ers are bringing Verrett back. I just think Verrett feels uh, comfortable with the 49ers uh, just medical team, which is ironic considering how many people get hurt with this team. But mm-hmm. just given kind of the plan that they put him on the last few years and just kind of what he said at his uh, end-of-season presser, it just feels like he's comfortable. And if they're able to make the money work, I think he'll be back. So I think one of three, um, and they'll have to look elsewhere to replace the other two guys. Yep, completely agree. Um, it has to be Verrett. You know, he he has to be the one that's brought back. I think that – I think the spoon goes to goes back with uh, Joe Woods – you know, I, 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 you know, the, this DB group loves Joe Woods, all of them, like, you know, and, 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 you know, I know that for a fact, like they, they love him. Like they love the way that he coached them up. You know, some, some would probably tell you that they thought he might be, he should be DC if he was still there, like considering the solid move and everything. But yeah, man, I mean, um, 
I think this spoon's going to be fine somewhere else. Again, you know, guy prepares well. It's always something that's mental. It's always like one thing that kind of sends him in the tank, but it's not for lack of hard work. And again, you know, I'm going to applaud him for getting out of the Shanahan doghouse. Most guys don't ever get play themselves out of there. So when you get your shot and you play well enough where they want to line you up on DK Metcalf and, you know, you're making pass breakups and, you know, he's playing with confidence. Yeah, you see all that. And then Verrett, it has to happen. Like it just, and then the K1 thing, it's like, dude, Patterson, New Jersey is literally five minutes away from MetLife Stadium. It's that close, man. And, 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 you know, when people come to me and they say, well, chase the ring and things like that. Yeah. Some guys want to chase the ring. Some guys are okay getting a bag and being home and also playing in a system where they will be utilized because you know Salah's going to use him the same exact way. And that's another thing, right? So you, so you're going somewhere where it's familiar. The scheme's familiar. You're on an upstart team. You're going to get paid because they have a ton of cap space. You know what? Take care of your family and secure your bag. I'm never going to get on any player that does that. So I mean, I think it has to be Varad at this point. Uh, last 49ers specific question I have. Do you think there's a drop off on the defense going from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryans or do you think they can continue to play at the same intensity and same quality that they've been playing the past couple of years? Yeah. I, so defensively, I always think it's about the Jimmys and the Joes more than the X's and the O's. Like being, I like that. Um, mm-hmm. and so it really depends on how they fill out this roster. I think D'Amico Ryans is, like, really well-respected if you talk to some guys in the locker room. Um, but he's never been a play caller before, so I have, like, no um, basis to go off of. But I do think the addition of James Betcher, the addition of Corey Umlin, they're going to get away from this Seattle cover three type scheme. Those guys don't have any, any experience in that. They're okay. going to diversify their coverages. They're going to be, I think, more modernized. And so I think that's going to help them uh, moving forward. So – it's going to be tough to maintain, you know, they were, I think, second in DVOA last season. They were sixth this season. It's going to be naturally tough to maintain that. Um, I think they'll be a top 10 defense. I think they'll be in the mix. Um, but they'll be right around where they were last year, I think. Um, to expect them to be how they were in 2019, just because both is coming back, is a little um, over the top. But they'll be right there. They'll be, they'll be a top 10 defense, I think. Damn it, Akash. Yeah, so they'll regress, but they'll still be top 10. There. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Yeah, whatever, man. Just take all my points. I got it. All right. No, I mean, no, it's true. I mean, it's just law of averages. You know, when you think about it, it's just hard to do that. You know, and again, that that first year, like for people to just expect that defense to go right back to 2019. And Akash, I don't know why you did it. You watched some of that Super Bowl and you were saying it, you know, you were tweeting through it and saying, man, his defense was fast. Man, his defense played really well. And it's just like, it's hard to expect any defense to do that. And And I love that line about you know, Jimmy's and Joe's and X's and O's, right? Because again, we just talked about K1's leaving. Sherman is a good presence there. He's probably not there. Um, you know, who knows? You know, you, you might lose Tart this year. You might lose, you know, like, like you might lose guys that have been there in the system this entire time. So yeah, I mean, it, it's fine to say that they will regress, but they'll still be a top 10 defense. And I expect in D'Amico Ryan's thing because last year we saw the shift from like straight up cover three to much more man and quarters. Like, and it happened gradually. Like they, even though, even the week one game, which I'm rolling my eyes because of the game plan of just letting DeAndre Hopkins run around all over mm-hmm. the field, but they still were running more man concepts. They weren't, you know, running exactly just straight up cover three. So yeah, so, and, and I expect that D'Amico is going to put a lot more on the linebackers plate. So if you thought Fred, Will- Fred Williams, woof, Fred Warner had a really good year this year, where do you see what D'Amico Ryans is going to put in position to do? Because he is their linebacker coach and he's going to naturally put more on their plate, I think. Perfect. Yeah. And then, uh, we're going to jump off Niners now. Uh, I feel like that's all. Unless, Jason, you had something that you, that you had. That uh, no, you were um, your, out there. no, your Reese's Cup um, video went over really well. And um, I think Niners Twitter now views you the way that you should be viewed. 
Oh, thank you. Perfect. Yeah, that's. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Um, okay, me neither. Um, <laughs> uh, Akash, I've ended these episodes uh, the past month, uh, especially the Friday episodes, with a thought exercise for Jason. I'll start with you. First thing that pops into your head when I say Buccaneers or Chiefs? Uh, Brady this is the first thought that pops into my head. Okay. Um, who wins and why? Uh, okay, yeah. so I, I've gone back and forth on this. I've thought a lot about it. I would, t- I would pick the Chiefs. I would pick the Chiefs. Okay. So, uh, so today earlier, I watched the Buccaneers and Chiefs regular season game that was in Tampa Bay. Um, it was uh, mid-season. Man, Kansas City in that first half was unstoppable. So I think had like 175 yards in the first quarter. Something yeah. Something like that. I think there were not, I think there was a Niners game going on that time at like the same time. So I don't yes. think I, I didn't watch it live, but it might have been the Seahawks game. Uh, I think you might have been right. I think you might be right. It was, and you were there. Game. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Holy crap! Like Tyreek Hill was taking the top off. Mahomes was hitting everything, and it's like you watch Pat Patrick Mahomes, and it's not like I uh, like three step drop, five step drop. He's dropping back like fifteen steps. He's going all sorts of directions, and he's hitting these crazy throws. It's amazing to watch how he plays. I think Tampa Bay's defense is really good. They're not as good as last year's Niners defense, and I don't think that's controversial to say. Um, And so I think they're just going to have their way. Um, The one thing that scares me is their offensive line is banged up. Obviously, they have Mitchell Schwartz. Um, They don't have their other tackle, their center. Yeah, their center is in COVID protocol. I think he'll play because he wanted a haircut, I guess. so that scares me because that's where the Bucks could dominate, but I just think Mahomes is too much uh, offensively. And on the flip side, I think I think Brady's going to be fine, but I think it's going to be tough to keep up in a shootout uh, with Mahomes. And I think they win. I think they cover too. I think it's like a three and a half point spread. So I think that I think that's what happens. But I'm rooting. Right. Yeah, and and the Bucks, you know, their front four is great, right? And now that's what scares me, right? The offensive line, they they have guys getting back. Like Vita Vey is playing in this game, and he played last week, you know, two weeks ago, you know. And, you know, you talk about Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett. Like, that poses a problem. And we saw in the Super Bowl that if you can get to Mahomes, you can make him make some throws sometimes. Having said all of that, I literally can't bet against the Chiefs. I just can't. It's I, just I, you, you, you can't contain them all game it's impossible they're gonna bust out whether you're holding them down for a while Andy Reid's gonna figure out where to hit you and they will because they have the guys they have the personnel you know what the what the um what the Bucks corners can't do really is cover deep down the field honestly like you saw it right in that game like you know he's hitting them over the top so that's my thing they haven't been tested yet so I mean they just haven't been tested like that again I'm not betting against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in this game man they like I felt like all year they were messing around with everybody I really did. And even in that AFC championship game, they never once were, it didn't look like they weren't going to score. Anytime they had the ball in their hands, you're just like, they're going to score. Like there's nothing you can do. And, and that's just, it's too much. I got a 31 28, even though it's still going to be a close game. I still got a 31 28. Mahomes is just going to finish it at the end, I think. And, and Andrew, you'll love this analogy. The, the Chiefs are like, like 18 Warriors or maybe even the 17 Warriors with yeah. KD where they just kind of coasted the regular season. They're like mailing some games. And then when the, Playoffs hit and stuff's on the line, man, they flip a switch and they will put foot on your throat. And it's what it kind of felt like the last few weeks. Um, and I, I, I expect them to do that. Um, but back, back to last year's Super Bowl, just one last thing. Man, the Niners defense held them in check for so long. They did such an unreal job 
And watching, rewatching that game earlier this week because it was on NFL Network, it pains you to know that the Niners didn't come away with that game when they played so freaking well defensively and they just, like, could not score more than, like, 20 points. I don't know what you're doing right now, Akash. Akash, all right. So, look, since we're doing that, let's do this. This is how you, this is how you know that I believed in that defense so well. I remember it clearly, being in Miami, being at a brewery, watching the game. Same thing happens. The Tavarius more interception happens. My wife texts me, oh, my God, are you about to do it? And I said, I wish I was there to hug you and my daughter, who's wearing a Jimmy Garoppolo jersey. And it all comes apart there at the end. And it's just like, that's how I felt, too. I thought it was done. I did. And that's how good they were playing. I thought they had put the Chiefs away. I'm sorry, Andrew. Let's just talk through it real quick. No, I don't. Do, I, do we want to talk about the 2016 NBA Finals next? Do we just want to like just bring up? Hey, look, you want to make fun of me? Let's talk about the. That's, what a, is that's it? a happy memory for me. So. <laughs> oh, you have a LeBron thing hanging. Ba- oh no, I'm a LeBron guy. So, well, that's that concludes the interview, Jason. If you just lose this, that's okay. No, <laughs> um, yeah. Warriors, I'm just, I was just a LeBron guy as a kid. Look, that's fair. That's 100% fair. No, who wants to get, who, if you guys want to make fun of me, let's talk about the 2004 ALCS. The, the Yankees were up 3-0 and they lost four straight. There, you guys can both clown me for that. Yeah, but. The Warriors took LeBron to the shed like the next like two finals. So it's true. Know, that, that uh, was good, but Andrew, I, I I'm sorry listen, that you didn't. I didn't expect to talk about the Super Bowl last year. I just. It was I got long. roasted enough about it today. Oh, actually, I one last 49er question before we go. Go for it. Um, I tweeted on Saturday because I was an emotional wreck regarding the trade. Um, I feel like going. <laughs> I, I said I said something along the lines of, like, as it stands right now, the 49ers might be the worst team in the NFC West, which I feel like I gave myself enough outs to not get yelled at. Uh, I, I was wrong. And it got to a point where the Seahawk, uh, Seahawk fans were yelling at me. And I saw you liked Evan Hill's tweet, uh, saying I was wrong too. And it hurt a little bit because I've told <laughs> you, like, when I see you like my tweets, it makes me feel like I'm doing something <laughs> right. Um, I fixed my tweet the next day saying, listen, I overreacted. The Niners are probably the second best team in the NFC West as it stands right now. So as it stands right now, power rank the NFC West. Uh, ooh, this is tough. Way uh, too early for it, but you know what? Let, let's, let's like do it. it since good I, though. Since I mentioned it on Saturday and you agreed with somebody else other than me, I'm still a little hurt, but that's okay. Uh, okay. D- don't take my Twitter likes too seriously. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I, I just thought what he said was funny because he was complaining about his team, which he does a lot these days, which is kind of funny because he would come at Niner fans previously and he'd block people, but he's almost playing the victim now. It's kind of ironic, but yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Off tangent. Uh, I'd probably put the Cardinals at four. I mean, Kyler Murray is probably the third best quarterback in the division, but he has Cliff Kingsbury as his coach. Mm-hmm. And Kingsbury's never won more than eight games in the Big 12. I just don't trust his offensive scheme. They only put Hopkins on the left, and they make him run out routes all day. I just don't trust it. So he's at the bottom. I'd probably have to put the 49ers at three. Um, but they have the they have the best chance to jump in these power rankings because they have the most cap space in the NFC West. And they have the most draft picks. So given that, I think they can they have the most potential to improve. I'd probably put Seattle number two, um, and I'd put Rams uh, at top. I just think okay. Matt Stafford and Sean McVay's offense is – they're just going to be unstoppable, I think. That was my point. Like, when I got back from the senior bowl, I joined Vicious Show. Shout out to him, man, and for having me on. And we were talking about, you know, obviously Stafford's his guy, and we had to talk through it, right? So – that was my thing. You know, 49er fans were coming to me and saying, well, we own them. Yeah, you own them when Jared Goff is the quarterback. You don't own them when Matthew Stafford is the quarterback. And I was like, I think I want you. And so it was pretty crazy. During the show that I was doing it, I look at my Twitter. 
Rams Nation or the Ramley, they got a hold of that immediately. They cut it and they're adding me on Twitter and they're like, this guy gets it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm right. But like, damn it. Like, you know, like I, I just wanted to put a fair point out there because, you know, I just know how much McVay carried him. Now he can just be a great play designer and not have to talk in Matthew Stafford's ear all the way to the 10th second. And that was my point, you know. So it's it's foolish for 49er fans to say, yeah, we beat them four straight times. You beat them four straight times when Jared Goff was the quarterback, not Matthew Stafford. They're in cap hell. They're like $30 million over the cap, uh, num- you know, over the, the salary cap. Uh, they've obviously got like no, you know, top draft picks. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fill out their roster, but they've got a, a good coach and a quarterback. So you're going to have a yeah. yeah. If they, if they need, you know, a receiver, uh, sources say Jason Aponte is like six foot eight. So he can go up and get some balls for you from a staff. So if, if they're looking for cheap you, options. Akash, can I ask you a question? How tall are you, buddy? I'm <laughs> You're six two, okay, and we weigh just about the same. But yeah, like I'm just I'm I've been getting it all week, bro, and it's not gonna stop anytime soon. Some some of those pictures, you it, you look like pretty tall, man. It's hard to tell, you know, from like pictures online because you need mm-hmm. some frame of reference to be like, ah, this guy's taller than him. And you know, when you stand next to like Matt and stuff, you look, you look taller. So six five, I can buy it. I'll say this: the biggest shock was that Leo was six foot. Really? See, Acosta didn't believe it either. He looks taller. Just when he sits down, you know, maybe it's, he has a big torso. He looks taller. A big torso. I can't wait to use that on him. Thank you, Akash. I appreciate it. All right. So I think we're going to put a bow on this one here. Uh, Akash, thank you very much as always. Uh, we really appreciate it. Appreciate you, buddy. You're always welcome, man. You know. Appreciate it, guys. No, so it's always good fun talking to you guys. Awesome, man. Always fun and- talking to you. And and we'll be back Monday. Uh, probably a Super Bowl-heavy episode since there's likely not much going on 49ers. Unless something groundbreaking Sure happens. there's not. Yeah, sure there's not. Unless something groundbreaking happens over the weekend, uh, we're, we're likely going to have a Super Bowl-heavy episode. Uh, so we'll be back Monday. Uh, Akash, thank you again. Uh, Jason, as always. Let's go Niners. Let's go Niners.